Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, welcome into the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Man, I'm so happy that this episode happened. I got to tell you, because I mean, you'll hear it inside the interview. Like We had a great conversation and I just have always really, really liked this guy. Let me tell you uh, how I met David Diaz. There was a charity boxing event. I don't know if you know this, but I, I really enjoy combat sports. I, I really love MMA. I love boxing. I've covered a lot of fun fights. Like Strangely enough, with boxing, because they would like some promotion we have had opportunities at the score where I've gone to Las Vegas for big fights I've I've seen some really really good fights over the last few years and so I I enjoy it I found that I I truly enjoy watching a boxing match there's something to it that fight night in Las Vegas once we get to a place where things are a little more safe for people to go out into the world, I would highly recommend that you go to fight night if you can. It, there's something about it. But even locally, even locally, if you get an opportunity to watch a live fight take place, man, you are you're going to, to love it. There's an energy to it. Like fight night in Vegas the only thing that I've seen that comes close is the All-Star Game and Super Bowl. That's the only thing that comes close to a title fight in Las Vegas. The energy that's in the building is that. So I love boxing, love MMA, and David Diaz I met him at a charity event. He just happened to be there. And I I knew who David was. And I was just sitting there going, like, the champ is just literally walking around this place. And I wasn't sure that other people understood that David Diaz was in the house. 
so we we started talking and he said you know i i listened to you on the radio and i've seen you on tv and i was like what <laughs> like you know who i am i'm like wow so we kind of struck up this this friendship you know we we started like talking on on twitter and instagram and stuff like that and i just really like this dude part of the reason that he's on the podcast though isn't just because of the boxing. It's what he's done after the boxing, which I find so fascinating, which we get into inside of the the interview. But this guy, when you look at his resume, world champ, like, come on. Olympian. Gold glove champion. He is a great representation of our city. And on top of that, he is a great representation of Mexican culture in Chicago and an incredible immigration story. So we talked about all of that stuff. The man who went toe-to-toe with Manny Pacquiao. The man that beat Zab Judah. I think a couple of times. This dude had a crazy record. 36-4-1. 17 knockouts in his career. And a world championship belt. I'm glad that we got a chance to talk. We talked about boxing and the dedication that it takes to be a boxer and the amazing stuff that he's doing now. Like talk about a a second act. Like that's a lot of times athletes can't find their next thing after they're done. And David's worked a, a long, hard time to find his. And I'm glad that he has. You should love this conversation. Because this guy represents, man. He absolutely represents. If you're a Chicagoan, you'll feel this. But you don't need to be a Chicagoan to feel it. The WBC. Lightweight world champion. Chicago's own David Diaz here on the House of L podcast. Hello. David, what's up, dude? How you doing, my brother? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I can't complain, man. I can't complain. Good. I'm I'm glad to hear that, man. Thank you. You can for... see me? No, I can't see you, but that's okay. I only need the audio. Oh, okay. So so okay. don't worry about that. Okay. Um, uh, I'm gonna hit record right now. No uh, problem. Okay. This meeting is being recorded. Of course it is. Man, I, I I really appreciate you 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 spending a few minutes with me and talking about some stuff, man. I uh, let me let me start with this question, man. I I, I want to know because I know that we've talked a little bit about this, but I'm not sure I've asked you this question before. When did you pick up gloves? How old were you? Oh, I was man. I was about eight, nine years old when when I picked up the boxing gloves. We would probably seven, six, and I would my brother would have me tied around with the kids in the neighborhood. The the other brother. Uh, kids but like putting on the gloves uh headgear and 
actual fight, I was like about eight, nine years old. Do you remember what, what it was about fighting that made you want to to really work hard and train? Uh, the first day that I joined the gym at, at Wells Park, um, I, I sparred this kid that actually did a pretty good number on me. And um, it was my first time sparring with the headgear and all that stuff. So I, it was just like, you know what, I want to I wanna fight this kid again. I want to spar this kid again because I didn't know about uh, about boxing shows when when I first went there, and it was all about trying to beat that kid up, and then I just never stopped, and it was it was awesome. So the competitive nature of it, yes, like it yes. something I, sparked in you, and you were like, man, I, I got to get me some get back. Yeah, yeah, I had to, and then and, um, uh, as I started uh, getting more fights and getting more more trophies and getting more recognition. Um, I, I felt that I, I subconsciously you want more <laughs> and you're competitive and you want more. You want to get, you want to get these championships. Then you start hearing about state titles. Um, and then you start hearing about regions and then you start hearing about national titles that you could be a national champion. So those are the things that, you know, little by little that I start finding out that I can go out and, and be this champion of, of, of my nation, in my state, my region. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. For if there's a parent that's listening to to us talk, and they're like, "Well, I want my 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 son or my daughter to get into boxing." Can can you break down the the level of commitment that one has to have to to get to the point where you're asked to be on an Olympic team? Oh well, in, in in that case, man, it's 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 boxing twenty four seven three sixty five. Um, I know some parents are like, well, you know, um, let's take off for Christmas, let's take off for New Year's, let's take off for birthdays. It it's it's not that you any day you miss out, it's a day you're missing out on uh, on your training, on your knowledge, on your experience of boxing. Uh, boxing is a 365, seven days a week uh, uh, boxing uh, uh, sport, I, I want to say. You, know, you have to be fully committed for, to the sport. You can't, you can't just say, hey, I'm going to try it out and, and, and see how it goes and have fun with it. I mean, because I mean, unless you're somebody special that likes to uh, get hit in the face and, <laughs> and, get, and you get a kick out of that and hey. More power to you, <laughs> you know. But I like, I like, I I love the hitting and 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 being able to walk out of there as a winner and them being on the ground. That was my pleasure and and, and winning. So how did that was, that was, how did you learn the lesson though of of it's every day and you got to give a hundred percent every single day? Like that's a hard thing for a kid to learn. My my dad. My dad instilled that in me. Um, my dad, now let me tell you, my dad was not a boxer. He did not fight. He did not, um, he was not athletic. He, he, he didn't play sports. He didn't do nothing. But he told me, my son, if, if, if you love something, you got to commit yourself to it 150%. You have to commit to it. You can't cheat on it. You can't, one day that you say that, oh, I'm going to miss because I want to go hang out with my friends, or I want to miss because I want to go out on a date. I'm missing my 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 regimen. Your regimen comes first before anything. Even family events. 
uh, Lawrence, I would miss family events like with the Mexican family, like quinceañeras, weddings and stuff like that. I would miss them because either I'd be working out or out in a, a tournament. So there's sacrifice that go into it. And it's just up to you if you want to, up to the person, if they want to uh, be great and be named as, as, as an elite fighter, you have to put in that sacrifice. You have to put in that work in order to be successful. In my home, did your friends and family understand? Like, did they did did they take a lot of convincing to let them know? Listen, David's not going to be here for the quinceanera because yeah. he's putting in the work on the heavy bag right now, and he's yeah. got a big fight coming up. My, my my family, my family did. My mom was against obviously me fighting. Um, we would have to go behind my mom's back to to fights and to workouts and stuff like that. Um, but. Uh, my sisters one time told my mom, mom, why don't you just go watch him fight and see if he does good and, and everything. So my mom went to go uh, watch me fight and I won, you know, and um, she looked at me and hugged me. She, she was crying. She said, you like this? I'm like, mom, I love it. I love it. Like, well, God bless you. Do what you got to do. So she was like, scared for you. Uh, oh yeah, she was scared. She didn't want. She, she was. She was mad at my dad. She was mad at my dad for a couple of months because we would go to the gym and work out and fights and stuff like that. She would not go, and it wasn't until my sisters told her, "Hey, mom, let's just go watch him fight. Let's just go watch him fight." And so they convinced her, and she went. And thank goodness I won, man. <laughs> you know, uh, and we won, and and came down, and she was like, "Man, you really love this." I was like, "Yeah, I love it." So then. After that, she became like also like my dad, like one of my biggest supporters. And you know, she's giving me advice on how to punch. And like, oh, really? She's, yeah, she the, the funniest thing is like, if you hit him one time in the same spot, son, hit him again and again and again. So it was like, <laughs> don't, don't stop. It was, it was, yeah, it was hilarious. You would, it would crack you up even more if you would see her action, bro. It was, it was hilarious because she will make a face like she's really hitting somebody and it, it, it was funny to, to watch it but afterwards yeah she was like yeah just she was just tell me don't be dumb don't be don't be dumb and, and get hit a lot that 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 was her her thing and, yeah. and that was your and goal you, right parents, huh? and that was your goal not be dumb yeah. and don't get hit yeah but uh, like and again to, to the parents um you also have to be fully committed uh, if your son is committed or daughter committed to, to the sport of boxing or to any sport, I, I like to say, be committed with them, but don't push them too hard. If you understand what I'm saying, let it come from love from them. Let them love it. Let them enjoy it. Because when you love the sport, it, it it's a beautiful thing. Any sport, it, it's a beautiful thing. When you win the Chicago Golden Gloves, Walk me through what that felt like, like the the level of vindication that you felt when you won it. Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you like this: I was I was uh, I was a pretty good uh, junior junior uh, novice uh, uh, fighter. So I I at the age of fourteen, uh, fifteen, I, I won the junior national uh, championships, and I was able to represent the U.S. in in um, in Ireland. Uh, 
So I already had experience going into the Golden Gloves. So there was an expectation of me to be a Golden Glove champion. You, you understand? Because I already had put in all that work at, as the junior amateur uh, champion. So, I mean, fighter. So all through that time, I, I'm, I'm racking up. So I'm not supposed to lose <laughs> in the Golden Gloves tournament because I have that pedigree behind me. And needless to say, our, my first Chicago Golden Gloves was at the Rosemont Horizon back in the day. And it was actually the last year that they did the, the championships at the Rosemont Horizon. It was the first time I had gone there. So it's, uh, it was a beautiful thing, man, to, to fight at the Rosemont Horizon where big events happen all the time. And I'm a 16-year-old kid getting the Golden Gloves. And, and we ended up winning. We ended up winning. And that year, uh, I was able to, uh, once, the beautiful thing about Chicago is that Chicago is a long, has amateur boxing, has a long history of Golden Gloves fighting. It's been a big mecca here in, in Chicago for a very long time. So what it is, is that Chicago, as, as long as you're a Chicago Golden Glove champion, you get the red passage into the National Golden Gloves. So with other uh, states, like, let's say, um, Ohio, I mean, Nevada, California, they all got to grow, go in certain regions to become into eligible to be in the national. You get me? Yes. But Chicago was able to, to go. And so that year was my first year at a national tournament in the open division with the big boys. I was 16 years old. And back then, we could fight up to, like, 32-year-old guys. You know? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We could fight up to 32-year-old men. Uh, now it's different, right? Because it's all protecting kids. But back then, I, I fought a uh, 28-year-old man when I was 16 years old. Yes. Yes, dude. It, yeah. And a 32 when I was 15. What? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it was back then. Back then, we, we would fight anybody. As long as, as long as you were open, an open fighter, you could fight anybody from 16 to, I think, the age is 32. That's it. So that year, we ended up winning the National Golden Glove Championships. So I was able to win the Chicago Golden Gloves and the National Golden Gloves Championships. And I ended up winning the Chicago Golden Gloves three, uh, four years in a row. Four years in a row in Chicago. And I ended up winning the Golden Gloves, National Golden Gloves, three years out of the four that I fought. And I feel the only reason I didn't do the, the fourth one is because if I always said this. I messed up in high school. And my dad didn't let me go to the national tournament because I had to uh, get my stuff right at home. And, you know, or else maybe I would have been four-time National Golden Gloves. Yeah, but your dad wanted 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 you to 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 get right first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and that my dad, uh, God bless his soul. Um, he he helped me out a lot in in every way, and I'm a better man because of him. And I was blessed to have a great man like him in in my corner throughout my life. That's awesome, man. That's that's the type of appreciation that 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 we should probably give our parents more often. You know what I mean? Because of what what they do and how much they sacrifice for us. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. My, my, my dad was with me through all of it, all the amateur fights and, and, and my pro fights. Again, my dad was never, uh, 
he was never the one to say, hey, you got to do it this way. You got to throw it. He's like, nah, man. He's like, hey, you feeling good today? And I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm feeling good. He's like, all right, let's go kick some butt. And that's it. You know, that was his motivation and stuff like that. Never give up. He would always tell me about my uncles. Hey, you know, you got to be strong like your uncles and all this stuff. So I, I love my dad. And I, I don't know if you know, but my dad passed away this year. Yeah. And um, my dad passed away. So, he, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's you always think about like, wow, how's it going to be? And now I'm living it like without him. Now my life could. Is going to start going on without him when I've had him all, all 44 years of my life. Now they, I got to continue the rest without him. And, and you have all of that, all of those memories that are in place from, from what you yeah. guys did and how like that support that he gave you, like it helped launch you, man. Like that's. Yes, it did, man. Yes, it did. And he allowed me to be me. Um, he allowed me to do what I needed to do was best for me. Um, he never said, Hey, you got to do this for the family or do like that. Even though I, I took that upon myself, he was like, just do this for you. At the end of the day, it's only going to be for your, for your benefit. Uh, he goes, I'm not going to get nothing out of it. He said, but I want you to be in a better place because you're going to take yourself. I'm very thankful. Since you were traveling at a really young age, what 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 was it like for you to to be this this kid from Chicago that ends up 15, 15 years old in Ireland? Mm-hmm. What was that yeah, like? Yeah. That was beautiful, man. It was my first my first my first international flight ever. So, you know, going to we went from New York to to London it was like what, 15, 18 hours, man. It was it was it was awesome, you know. I mean, it was a feeling of of like the world is bigger than what my neighborhood is. <laughs> you understand, Lawrence? Yeah. Bigger than what my city is, you know. And um, to be able to represent my country at such a young age, I think, instilled in me a, a, a love for. For my country, man, it felt good representing the U.S., man. You're, you're out you there know, representing Chicago. You're representing the region. You're representing the country. And my family, my heritage, man. You know, my heritage, bro. I mean, my parents came into this country legally, bro. You know? And to be able to get a kid, to have a kid, and, and, and for that kid to... To represent the U.S. at 15, and then again at 20, to represent them in the Olympics. I mean, I I look at that back, and, and and I think, man, my my parents did a lot, a lot for us, a lot for me, and I was able, blessed to be here, to be able to represent the U.S. Because that that to me, Lawrence, is, has been my biggest achievement. I think that for me now. Granted that yes, I'm I, I became a world champ, but to represent the US to be an Olympian, and that's had I not turned pro, I would have been okay with just being an Olympian and being recognized as an Olympian. I know no lie there. No lie there. 
how proud were they considering their immigrant story? And there are a lot of immigrant stories like that in mm-hmm. the city of Chicago. Like the, the Mexican population is very loud and proud in Chicago for them to sacrifice everything, to put themselves mm-hmm. at risk for everything, to see you draped in red, white, and blue. What did that mean to them? To them, it was the best thing ever. Like, um, they loved it. They loved it because they they always told me, it's like, you're an American. Yes, you're from Mexican parents, but you're an American. You represent America. You represent us. And they were very happy for me. Um, my mom and my dad, especially, they 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 were over the moon. Uh, they they couldn't they couldn't hide the joy, man, uh, uh, of me being an Olympian. Um, they bragged to it to everybody and said that <laughs> that was their son, you know. And a lot of people are like, "No, he's not." And then when I came back, it, it was a beautiful thing, man. Uh, and the funny thing is, though, Lawrence, that like, you know how young kids are have these big dreams of of going to places. Um, I always would have thought that my Olympic dream was going to be in another country. Right. I was blessed. I was blessed to be honest with you to to be in Atlanta because had it been in another country, and again, this goes for the uh, simple mind of a young kid. Um, had it been in another country, my parents wouldn't have been able to go. They, they, the immigrant status didn't allow them to leave the U.S. So they were able to go see me fight in Atlanta, but they drove down, which was what, a nine-hour drive? It wasn't too bad for them, you know? So I look at that now, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, 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 in a higher power, man, and it had to be done out that way so my parents could see that. And one of my brothers who passed away a year later after I went on the Olympics, um, he actually came from Mexico and, and seen me in the Olympics and hugged me and told me thank you so much for allowing him to be part of something like this. He goes, I always wanted to come to the Olympics. He goes, but never in a million years did I ever think that I would have a family member in the Olympics. You know? So it, it's... I'm not, I'm, I feel blessed, Lawrence, that of the things that have happened in my life and able to share them with my family, my friends, and my parents, uh, I feel blessed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who was the coolest person that you met at the Olympics? The coolest person 
where you um, were like, we were like, yo, you're blah, blah, blah. And and you get a chance to like meet that person and say hello to them, or were you just so into the training that you didn't get to meet anybody? I, I to be honest, I didn't. I only met boxing people. I only met boxing people that I Felix Sabone. I was able to meet Felix Sabone, the Cuban heavyweight. Um, uh, and uh, that was it. I just stayed. I even in, in the Olympic process, I stayed focused on what I needed to do. I didn't go out. I stayed focused because I knew that um, there was a mission to accomplish. Now, granted, I didn't get a medal, but I did win two. I mean, I won one fight, lost to the silver medalist. But I, I stayed focused in my in my Olympic uh, endeavor. So I, I should have enjoyed more, but, you know, it, it is what it is. How hard of a schedule is it to fight an Olympic schedule? It's a little hard because for us, we have to be there while everything else is going on. And then ours, our, our program was like almost like a, a two-week uh, session because so many guys fight that you fight on Monday, but you won't fight again until Thursday. Something like that, it went because of all these other fights that are going on. So it was a little difficult trying to stay focused because my first fight was on Monday and I'm sorry, I didn't fight again until Wednesday when I lost. And then the finals weren't going to be until the next week, next week, uh, Thursday. So, you know, it's kind of, you have to stay in shape. You got to make weight that day. That's why there's always uh, uh, gyms in the, in the Olympics for you to work out in. Um, and you can't be over or else, you know, you got to go lose the weight and you got to diet. So it's still uh, a training session, like a training camp within that Olympic uh, festivities. When did you know that you were good enough to be a pro? When um, Bob Barum called. <laughs> that when worked. Top rank called. Yeah, when Top Rank called. Uh uh, when when top rank when top rank called and they said they wanted to sign me because I at the beginning after I left the Olympics I didn't get a call from top rank until like two or three months so I and I had said if I don't get a call from a promoter promoter I'm not gonna go pro because then it's just gonna be a, a struggle like right to to go through the boxing process the the pro ranks. So I ended up getting a call from Top Rank and signed with them. That's when I knew I was okay. <laughs> you you knew pro. that you were going to have a career. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. As you're, so you, you go through all of this stuff and you're undefeated for a huge portion of your career. What yes. did it feel easy to you? No, it was actually. You know what, Lawrence. Uh, when I turned pro, I ended up signing management as well with uh, people down in Florida. They were great, but, you know, Florida, Miami, especially where I was at in South South Miami, because I ended up uh, getting a, a place in Coral Gables, Florida. Um, for a 20, 20, 20-year-old, 21-year-old, turning 21-year-old kid who's never lived by himself um, and never had nobody to answer to. I mean, always had somebody to answer to and now didn't have nobody to answer to. Um, 
I ended up getting into like a little bit of trouble in the sense of partying and not working out right, not doing the things that I was supposed to do as a professional. So I ended up two years in Florida and the party scene and the the things got to me as an older guy and being out by myself. So then I decided to come back. Um, I, I believe it was like in 2000 or 1998, 99, where I didn't fight for almost two years. And that's because I had, I had essentially quit boxing because you were living the life. Was, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't doing the right thing. So I said, I'm going to hang them up before somebody that beats me that I'm not supposed to lose. You get me? So I ended up hanging them up for a while and, and, and party. <laughs> so what brought you back? To be honest, uh, the wife, the my wife now, uh, I ended up meeting her and she knew that I had boxed before and she had asked me why not I boxing again and stuff like that. I just told her, you know what, I, I'm not into uh, working out or I'm, I just fell out of love with it. Um, but we would watch a lot of boxing fights. So when Fernando Vargas would fight, Mayweather would fight, Tarver would fight, um, some of these other boxers, David Reed would fight. I would be like, yeah, I went to the Olympics with them. I know them, this and that, yeah, yeah. She's like, man, it sounds like you miss boxing. Why don't you go back to the gym and find out? And let me tell you, Lawrence, my family and everybody, they would tell me the same thing. But as a young kid, you you don't listen. You know, a kid who's enjoying himself, you kind of don't want to hear a, a lecture from your family. You think you know, you know you it all. hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it all in that sense. All right, I know what I'm doing, whatever. But um, it, sometimes that's how it is. It takes somebody from the outside to come in and say, hey, look, you're, you're fucking it up. I'm sorry. No, you can you're say messing. that. No, man, keep it 100, man. Keep it 100. <laughs> yeah, you're messing it up, and, you're, you know, it's time for you to see what you what you can do. And I, and I did. I ended up going back to the gym. I, I fell in love again, and we continued our – our, our our path to try to become a world champion. Now, now this time, uh, Lawrence, it was a little bit harder. Why? Because I did. I ended up not having top rank drop me after I, I didn't fight because I was inactive. So then, when I started to come back, guess what? Now it was what I didn't want. Remember what I told you? Yeah. What I didn't want. I didn't want to struggle. I didn't want to, you know, uh, not be the A side of the fight. I ended up being the B-side. So we ended up fighting guys that, 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 that were tough and we just to get back in there. Well, we could do it because what? I, I'm an experienced uh, fighter already. I already got some uh, wins under my belt and I know what, to, what it is to do, what I need to do to win, win the fights. And, and we ended up winning and, and doing good. Who was your favorite fighter to watch? Chavez, bro. Why? Chavez. Because of his uh, his technical way of aggression, he was so methodical in his in his process of it, throwing the right punches so he can create an opening to get that knockout. Um, another great fighter that I like watching was Hector Camacho, which I also was able to um, share a training camp with. You know, with his fight for De La Hoya, 
I was able to be in his uh, uh, training camp. So this is a, a gentleman that we watched as well as, as kids who was a slick boxer, something that I wasn't. I was a softball. He was a softball, but he was a slick fighter and a fast fighter, and I wasn't. I was just more of a color, but I liked his style. I liked the way he fought. When you get the title, when you win, after everything that, that you've been through, you, you get the title, what's that feel like? It feels awesome, Lawrence. Um, in, in my case, in my case for, for, for the championship, you got to understand, um, how can I say this? I was, I was part of like a, a two, two parts of a championship, let's say. Because when I first fought for the title, I, I fought for the interim title. Right. Which is with San, Jose Armando Santa Cruz, which is not the full-blown title, but it's because the, the champion who was the champion at the time wasn't fighting, so they had to create another champion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it was, yeah. So it was, I was an interim title. And that felt great. Don't get me wrong. That felt awesome. Even though I wasn't a full-blown champion, I was still the champion. I was like, you know, second champion. But when we were able to fight for the full-blown championship here at the Allstate Arena against Morales, a legend, man, that, that, was, that was a dream come true. That was everything, man, because I was able to represent Chicago my my ethnicity, my Mexican American family, everybody, my friends here in my city. I mean, I know it was in Rosemont, but Rosemont is kind of Chicago, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And, what what was that energy like, man? Like, what was it, it was, like when it you was came amazing. out? It was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was it was great. And I'm gonna be honest, like you know, we have a big Mexican po uh, uh, population here. Um, it was like almost half and half, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. It was half and half. They, a lot of old uh, Mexican people came here to rule on for Morales. And hey, hey, that's okay. But I know I had my family and my, my friends here that were rooting for me. So I guess we evened that out and uh, we ended up getting a, a close decision. But we ended up winning and became football champions. What's it mean for you to be in the tradition of incredible Mexican fighters? I feel blessed. I feel blessed, man, that a kid from Chicago um, was able to reach that pedestal of recognition among uh, fight fans against my, with my peers in boxing that give me um that say hey David was a champion and he fought some of the best. Um Zerman Cruz, Eric Morales, and obviously you know Manny. Uh, Manny. So it's it's to be able to share those rings with, with those legends and those great fighters. And I've I have had a good amateur Boxing life. I'm sorry. I've had a good boxing life, Lawrence, and I, and I'm very proud of it. Very proud of it. 
when you fought Pacquiao, what was your approach? What do you I'm a whoop him. I know, I know, man, I know you. I know that's what the what the plan was. But 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 I, I want I want to know I want to know what you were thinking like inside the ring and when you look back on that fight, do you go, man, I wish I would have done blank? Yeah, you know, it, it, leading up the fight, training camp and everything, um, I'm the bigger guy. I'm the stronger guy. He's coming up to me. Um, I fought fast guys before. There's not going to be a problem. We got fast sparring partners, you know. Um, after the first, second round, I was like, holy crap. He's fast. And it was just like, man, maybe I'll wear him down, you know. Maybe I'll wear him down in the later rounds and I'll be able to go. But he just kept on getting faster and faster. Faster and faster. And it wasn't until that punch that that knocked me out that I realized I was like, damn, you know. You can't do nothing but take your hat off, man. Now, back to what you said of what I'm looking at right now and and looking out and seeing what I could have done different. The only thing that I feel that I could have done different that that probably would have worked was try to box. Try to box and make him um, be the aggressor, right? But I I look back at that, but but that wouldn't have worked because I'm not that fighter. (laughs) I'm not not a boxer. I'm 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 a let's go to war type of guy. And it probably would have been the, uh, uh, a result where I would have lost again. It, but maybe it would have, I would have walked out because I would have boxed. But, Lawrence, to be honest with you, then I wouldn't have fought like I, I normally fight. Or I wouldn't have felt happy. And like this, I, I know I went out and I, I did what I could. And I went out on my shit, man. And there's nothing wrong with that. You went nine rounds with one of the greatest boxers of all time. Yes, sir. I mean, yes, sir. in his prime, yeah. like not and, like. And, and, and yeah, and then his prime, and like, uh, like I, I could say, um, I did better than De La Hoya and then Ricky had. <laughs> you know, that's it. That's all that matters. I did better than them, so I'm not. I'm not at the bottom, bottom. So you know. <laughs> All right, so so what may I the the transformation? Like obviously you're not going to be boxing, like you're not going to be boxing in your mid 40s. What yeah. what made you say real estate is the direction that you wanted to go? That's well, a hell of a transition, actually, David. <laughs> yeah, but real estate was actually part of my life in 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 two, 2000, 2003. 2003 I had my real estate license and I did it for a year. Wow. Yeah. But I, I didn't do no no sales, no nothing. Um, because around that time, everything for boxing started picking up for me. So I started getting more busy with fights and, and getting recognition and, and getting calls to go fight. So I couldn't do the real estate like it should have been done. So we let our license go. And then when I retired, um, it's actually, again, man, that's why I like, the saying is true. Behind a, 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 a good a good man is a great woman, right? <laughs> you know, because it's my wife again who said, "Hey, man, 
you know, why don't you try real estate? Let's go. She's already back in real estate, doing real estate. So she's like, why don't you try to get your real estate license again and let, let's let's do some real estate. Let's go to work. I'm like, hey, you know what? Let, let me try it and see what see how it turns out. It was the best decision again to make because uh, we have been uh, doing pretty good. We opened up our own real estate office. That's awesome. Uh, which eventually it came out to main event real estate. You know, trying to tie it into boxing, into main event uh, part of your life. So uh, of purchasing a home. So that's what we did, and and right now we're going on three years strong as a independent uh, real estate brokerage the realtor that'll fight for you yes sir yes sir <laughs> so so when when uh, people end up when you end up getting a client how many of them know that you're david fucking diaz <laughs> you know what when i first started doing it uh i would get whispers i would see them like talking <laughs> first you know like whispering <laughs> Then I, and then they would be like, and I would smile, and then they'd be like, hey, are you? I'm like, yeah, that's me. Oh, okay, cool. And we would continue on with the process. And then they're like, do you mind if we take a picture? I'm like, no, not at all. You know, and we would just strike up a conversation and just start talking. But it has been funny where times they're like, hey, you're this guy. And I'm like, yeah. I'm walking into people's homes, and they're there, Spanish-speaking people, and they're like, hey, aren't you that guy? I'm like, yeah, that's me. And well, now this is what you do. Like, yeah, this is what I do now. It's been good. It's been good. It seems like it, man. It seems like it's been fulfilling, yeah. and it seems like you're helping a lot of people, too, that yes, that, that need someone who, who wants to take care of them when they're buying or selling their place. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We do the whole thing. Um, and, and the thing here is about educating them. Uh, a lot of people don't know about the home buying process. And once they start, um, or they hear stories that it goes this way, and like I like to tell them, I mean, every every situation is different. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody goes through the, through the same experience. And we try to make it as easy as possible. So like that, we give them the information that it's going to be coming. And like that, they're aware of what they need to get the process done. And to be honest with you, um, with, obviously within the industry, I've only had one tough deal where it was like a nightmare where, you know, the agents weren't communicating, the lawyers weren't communicating, the inspectors weren't uh, dropping the ball. Then it was just, it was, it was crazy. But I am going to tell you a funny story, though. I'm going to tell you a funny story of one of my first deals, man. Okay. So we're doing the final walkthrough. And uh, the lawyer that I use, man, it, it, it's so funny that, we had his name is uh John Bush, and we we had met like about four or five years before I was still in boxing, and he was gonna he was part of a energy drink. You remember where all the energy drinks were the phase that everybody was coming out with an energy drink and stuff like that. So they came with me with a proposal of a energy drink. Um, so I had met him in that. But I did not know. I, I thought he was just a, like an investor guy. I didn't know he was a lawyer at the time. Okay, so whatever. Fast forward a couple of years, then we end up seeing each other. And, and, and we start working together immediately because I trusted the guy and he was a great person. So back to the, my final walkthrough of my clients. This was one of my first deals, man. 
So we go and, and, and uh, I go ahead of my client to go see because we're going to do the final walkthrough. And all of a sudden, it's at night too. And it's, I think, in Lombard. And I'm, uh, I'm pulling up to the house, man. And mind you, this house was already renovated and done, right? So I pull up to the house and there's a dump truck out in front of the house. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, maybe they're throwing out their furniture. I'm like, but there was no furniture. So I go and I go to the lockbox and I look at it and the number's not working and I start panicking because I couldn't get the lockbox open. So then I go and I look in the mirror in the window and the whole house is gutted. What? The whole house is yes, gutted. I'm over here freaking out. I'm like, hey, holy shit. I called my lawyer. I called Don. Hey, Don. Man, they, they, they demolished the house. He's like, are you here? I was like, yeah, man. man. Get on the phone. Call the other lawyer, whatever. Man, Lawrence, I was at the wrong house. <laughs> I was at the wrong house. These houses all look the damn same. I was at the wrong house. I was at the house next door. Oh my God, I had to call the lawyer <laughs> I had to call the lawyer back. I was like, hey, John, don't write that letter, man. Don't write that letter. I was like, I was at the wrong house, bro. You were oh, like, man, I'm a boxer. I'm a boxer. I was at the wrong yeah, house, man. Hey, you know? <laughs> that was that was one of the one, one for the ages. I, I love I love telling it because it's 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 it was a new transition for me. It was a new 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 way of of doing things. So now I know that you gotta double check, make sure the address that you're going to is the same one that's on the house. You know, so you know that's how it was. But yeah, that was that was one of my moments in real estate. <laughs> that's outstanding, man. I'm glad that things are going really well for you, man. It, it seems like you found a, another thing to like throw all that hard work and passion that your mom and your dad had like into. And it's, it's amazing how we can change who we are and like what we do, but some of the fundamental things about us stay in place. All right. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hard work and dedication. And, and now, um, customer service. We, 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 in, in our industry is what sells us how good we are, how responsive we are to our clients, how easy we, we make it for them to purchase a home or to, or, or, uh, to sell their home. Um, and so far we've been doing pretty good at it. Before I let you go, do you, do you watch boxing movies? Oh yes. Okay. So, so you don't get mad about the stuff that doesn't look real. You can still enjoy it? Yeah, I can still enjoy it. I understand. I know it's a movie. It's, you know, some some of them are uh, are very uh, not, you know, laid out, uh, raised a notch in, in uh, drama so it, you could get the viewers in. I get it. Uh, which, which one is your favorite? Rocky 1. Rocky 1, because that, that feels more authentic, right? Yeah, yeah, he didn't win. He didn't win, you know. It's one of those things, the, the struggle, the struggle that he went through, to, even to get recognized, you know, how people looked down on him and people thought, you know, he was a, a, a bum because he was a fighter, you know, and then for him to come out and 
later on and, and become a, a champion, yeah. You know, I, I like Rocky one. It shows it shows determination for for somebody that wants to get somewhere. And even though you get at the base and not win it, it is still it still feels like hey, I'm gonna get back on my horse and try it again. That's that's how I see it. So who plays David Diaz in the David Diaz movie? Who you got? Ooh. I know you've been thinking about it. Who you got? Who's gonna star as you? Oh, I don't know, man. Um. Everybody says I look like John Leguizamo, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh man! I bet he'd love to do know. that part. That would be awesome. Uh, I, I hope. I hope. I hope I, we can do something like that, man. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Well, yeah, listen, listen, man. Any, any time that I've run into you, you've been nothing but class, and. I root for you all the time, man. I see you on, on Twitter and that. Instagram, and I'm just like, this man is out here here doing it. And when, when I first met you, I was like, yo, like, that's the champ. Like, <laughs> like people don't yeah. – I, I was looking around because I was like, do people not understand that this is the champ? Yes. Like, the champ yes. is in the building right here. <laughs> I'm taking a picture yep. with him. He's right here. Uh, we, we uh, you know – Back when I was boxing, boxing wasn't, it was more, more realistic boxing, a more brutal sport, more allowed to fights to continue on with, with uh, brute, bruteness in, in the fight. Now it, it's changed just a lot where uh, a lot of people are trying to uh, hijack, hijack the sport. I jacked the sport, man, and it's just not not enjoyable to see anymore as it was before. There are a lot of people who agree with you on that, for sure. Um, my dude, I appreciate your time, man. I really, really I appreciate do. you always, Lawrence. I thank you so much, um, and God bless you, and hopefully 2022 is uh, even better for you, brother, because you're doing a good thing, man. I'm I trying. to you. I listen to you on the score as well brother oh I listen man to you all the time right? i appreciate it so here's my hope my hope in 2022 me and you are getting beers there you go sounds like a plan all right all right all right brother i don't know if you like i don't know if you like ipas but a hazy hero it's a good one hazy hero i'm yeah. writing it down i'm <laughs> writing it down and i'm gonna have drinks with the champ that's what i'm gonna do all right my man all right man be good i'll talk to you soon Sounds like a plan, man. All right, man. Later. Take it easy. All right, later. Man, it's great to see people succeed and figure out a second, third, fourth act of their life. David and I are about the same age. I think he's a year younger than me. I'm pretty sure our birthdays are like the same day. Um, And seeing him find this happiness and joy in getting people into homes and all sorts of stuff is just amazing. Like that story about him. I, I'm just, I know that in the Mexican community in Chicago that his name rings bells, right? So I can only imagine when he has clients that actually are like, oh man, that's that's the champ. <laughs> that's the champ. He's selling me a house right now. The champ is out here helping me get into a house. It seems pretty cool. But I'm I'm also I'm intrigued by like how 
when you hear his story and you hear that how important it was for his family to get here what it mean what it meant to them and then to have their history of getting here and their son becoming an olympian honestly someone should do a movie about this cuz it's incredible and you can hear in his voice how how important it was for him how it made him it it made him and it it was a dream of his family's and he was able to do that and then on top of it then go on to have an incredible career as a pro and now having a career as the realtor who fights for you which is an incredible slogan and i'm glad that he had time to talk with me about all of this stuff because i i wasn't sure if he if he'd want to even delve into the boxing but he's great if you want to follow him on Instagram, by the way, he literally is like you can look for him as the realtor who fights for you. You should follow him on Instagram. Main event real estate. If you want to do some work with David or, you know, someone who does want to do some work with David. But I appreciate him and I appreciate you listening to the episode. That was a lot of fun. Chicago has so many great stories, man. I love hearing stories about different neighborhoods and how people grow up and how do we put all of that together. And our city is really amazing, really, really amazing. So thanks again to David Diaz for hanging out with me and talking boxing with me. It was really incredible. I will talk to you next time. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.